And Jesus said unto them, See not all these things? Verily I say unto you, There shall not be left one stone upon another that shall not be thrown down. They were so excited. 64 AD, it's going to be finished. In 70 AD, it's going to be demolished. And so it's only six years that it stand without being demolished. And as he sat upon the Mount of Olives, the disciples came to him privately saying, here's our three questions. We're going to deal with the last one. Tell us, when shall these things be? Which is answered in Luke chapter 21. And what shall be the sign of thy coming? Answered in this chapter, 29 to 31. And the end of the world or the end of the age. And that's the question we want to look at for just a moment before we go to Ezekiel 38. And Jesus answered and said unto them, Take heed that no man deceive you. He's answering question number three. For many shall come in my name, saying, I am Christ, and shall deceive many, and shall hear, and ye shall hear of wars and rumors of wars. But see that ye be not troubled, for all these things must come to pass, but the end is not yet. For nation shall rise against nation, and kingdom against kingdom, and there shall be famines and pestilences and earthquakes and divers or various places. All these are the beginning of sorrows or beginning of travail. The Lord's blessing to the reading of his word. Let's pray for a moment. Heavenly Father, thank you for our visitors today. May we as a church a congregation make them feel welcome. Thank you for them choosing to be with us. Lord, we want to know from the, from the onset that you are the one we're talking about, your Heavenly Father, Jesus, the Holy Spirit, the Trinity working together. We want to worship you this day. I want to be hidden behind the message of your word. Lord, may your word be preeminent. May we find, may find lodging in all of our hearts if there are those who have yet to receive you for themselves as their very own personal Lord and Savior. Savior from what? Lord, Savior from our sin. For all has sinned and come short of the glory of God. And Lord, we know the Bible says also the wages of sin is death. But Lord, we do not have to die and go to a crisis eternity called hell. We can receive you by grace through faith. Lord, if there are those who just aren't sure, or, or sure they're not saved, may today be the day of salvation for them. Then we who know your Savior, may we be about your business. We are to be serving you faithfully to take us to be with yourself. And so, Lord, help me today, empty me of self, forgive me of my sin, and please fill me with your Spirit, please, this day. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. So the question will often maybe come at a Bible conference or a prophetic conference, or are we living in the last days? Well, when Christ left, we might start the last days right there, but are we living in, for lack of a better term, the last of the last days before the kingdom comes, before Christ comes to rule and to reign? Not the end of the world. The idea there at the end of verse 3 is the end of the age. That's what they want to know. When is this age going to end, and when is Christ going to set up his thousand-year reign, millennial kingdom on earth. That is the question they're asking. Now, many people, even prophetic teachers, might give a general announcement or idea of what's going on, and often they will determine what's going on in the world and how it affects us. I do not see us at all in the Scripture, where perhaps the lion whelps, we'll see though in Ezekiel 38, but we are not there. What's really important is how it affects Israel. That's the, that's the apple of God's eye, the nation of Israel. We, as we've said before almost every Sunday, we're not saying Israel does everything right. They are ex, actually have gathered in unbelief right now, but one day they will come as a nation and receive Christ as Savior, the end of the seven-year tribulation time. There's a lot of newspaper exegesis, which exegesis simply means interpretation. We find something going on, and we see the battle in the Middle East. Well, where can and I somehow put that into Scripture. I tell you, you can put May uh, 1948 into Scripture, really, when Israel became a nation again. 
But how does all of what's going on, and by the way, you should be paying attention, when you find that it, Russia and Iran and Turkey are all in agreement, and they are together. As a matter of fact, I just saw a post yesterday how the relationship between Russia and Turkey is improving because of the battle of Ukraine and the war in the Middle East. Those three nations are the key three nations we're going to see in Ezekiel 38. Russia needs to have a one-man ruler, Gog, in our text in Ezekiel 38, and he needs to be in charge of all of Russia. We've got that. Israel needs to be in the nation, in the country. We've got that. You take off the check marks. This battle in Ezekiel 38, which we're going to see in a few moments, we are ready for that. It can happen. Prophecy must be determined then from the Scripture and then applied to the current events, rather than current events being forced to dictate what the Scripture says. Only when your understanding of future things, your, it's called your eschatological view, eschatology, the study of future things, only when that study is based upon Scripture will it all make sense. I've got a lot of, there's a lot of people, and you will, you will see on the internet, there's a zillion theologians on the internet. Now, listen, you and I, this is it. The more, the older I get, the more I'm telling you, you got to go back to here. You got to go back to here. I was reading a post, and, and a lady posted uh, just, uh, I was reading yesterday, and how that, that talked about uh, Mary, we don't know who Mary's mother, what her name was, or her father. And they kept coming back, oh yes we do, because they got it from the Apocrypha. The Apocrypha is not part of the Scripture from God. So you, we must center ourselves on what the Bible says, not what I hope or look like or what it might be saying about current events. Nevertheless, with all that being said, I will have to say that I believe what we talked, read just here recently uh, in Scripture in Matthew 24 uh, has happened, uh, not in my lifetime necessarily, but in the last previous century. World War I, World War II, I think we would find those in Matthew chapter 24, verse 7. Now, he answers the first, two, first, first question, first about this temple. They said, show them the buildings, and one and two, God says, you know, this temple you've been seeing here, all these stones, one upon another, the glory. By the way, it was one of the seven wonders of the ancient world, I believe, the temple was at some point. See, all, Lord, just look at this temple. How long? He says, all the stones are going to be overthrown one upon another, and 70 AD was completely demolished. So then they asked three more questions. Question one, when shall be these signs? Luke 21 answers that. Second question, what's going to be the sign of thy coming? At the end of this chapter, we see that in 29. Sign of thy coming. And immediately after the tribulation of those days shall the sun be darkened, Matthew 24, 29. And the moon shall not give her light, and the stars shall fall from heaven, and the powers of heaven shall be revealed. And then shall appear the sign of the Son of Man in heaven, and then shall all the tribes of the earth mourn, and they shall see the Son of Man coming in the clouds of heaven with power and great glory. The revelation of Jesus Christ. That's what that's talking about. Tying in with Revelation 16, Revelation 19, when he comes back to have the battle of Armageddon, to rule and to reign, that's question two. Question three, what is the sign of the end of the world or the end of the age? And we want to look at that for just a moment. Now, again, the rabbis had two ages. Remember, we're not supposed to take our culture and push it back into the history of the past. We're supposed to learn what was the context in which Christ and the, the people who wrote God's Word by the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, what was the context of their day? In their day, the rabbis, the teachers, believed in just two ages, the age they were in, 
and the age to come when the Messiah, their Messiah, would rule and to reign. By the way, I'm looking forward to that as well. I trust you are. We believe as, as, as pre-tribulational, pre-millennial, pre-coming before, millennial, thousand years. So before the Christ reigns and rules a thousand years, we believe we'll be up in heaven, raptured, and come back with him. And we'll be there serving during those thousand years. That's what they look forward to. So the question is this. What is the sign that marks the end or the beginning of the end of the age? What's it going to look like? What is the one single event that will determine that we're in the last days of the last day of this age? Not the last day of the world. You say, oh, the end of the world has come. The Bible teaches Christian we have eternal life. The Bible teaches unbeliever you have eternal death. I'm just going to be playing with you. The older I get, the more plain I want to be. If you know Christ as Savior, you have eternal life. And that's what he's offering in the Scripture. And if you reject that, you say, no, I don't want to have my own plan. By the way, can I tell you, any other plan is just a bad plan? Very bad plan. Eternal life. But pastor, it means I've got to humble myself and repent. Yeah. You've got, to hum- you've got to repent. Yeah. You've got to believe, truly believe. Yes. You have to exercise faith. Yes, you have to exercise faith. If you're going to receive Christ, it's by grace through faith. Faith. Forsaking all, I take him. We, I, pastor, I, I, want to, you, I know you want to do a lot of things. That's the I problem. What's in the middle of the word sin? I. That's me. It's you. We want to have our own way. Don't you want to have your own way? We've been told, have it your way. At, uh, was it McDonald's? Have it your way a long time ago. Whatever. Listen, we're to have God's way. That's what we're supposed to have. So he answers the question negatively first. Now, I don't want to be negative today, but a negative answer here. What's the end of the age? Well, he says in verse 4, 5, For many shall come in my name, saying, I'm Christ, and shall deceive many. And she hear of wars and rumors of wars. See that you be not troubled, for all these things must come to pass, but the end is not yet. None of these mean the end of this age has begun. The age will be characterized by false messiahs. Have there been false messiahs across the age? Oh my goodness. I read once where there were 30 during Jesus' lifetime alone. In November 17th of 17, or December of 17, there were seven men on planet Earth who said they were the Messiah. In 2017, you can type it in today. Well, I don't often maybe always agree with Wikipedia, but listen to this. There's no definitive answer to this question. The list of people who have claimed to be the Messiah is extensive and includes individuals from various religions and cultures. So if you're looking for false messiahs, we've had them from the time Jesus was alive. So that can't be a sign of the beginning of this end of sorrows here. It can't be one. What else does it say? Mm, wars and rumors of wars. Oh, we're gone. You know, only, only one out of 12 years since the beginning of hit, or since Christ's time have there not been a war. About 8% of the years have not seen a war that had over 1,000 or more casualties. Only 8% of the years in the last 3,400 years. So I'm telling you, war is a part of the culture of humankind, sad to say. It is. So the rise of, look, how about the Civil War? That doesn't fall in this category. The American Revolution doesn't fall in this category yet. Rumors of wars. 
but won't be troubled. That's the negative side. Positive side is in seven. For nations shall rise against nation and kingdom against kingdom. There shall be famines and pestilence and earthquakes in diverse places. That's the positive side. Famines, pestilences, earthquakes, nation against nation. So think back with me, perhaps even in your lifetime, if you're older, we had World War I. It sort of metamorphs right into World War II. So we have had nation rising against nation. In Bible times, it was what's going on in the Middle East. But if you look at Matthew 24, it encompasses the entire world. 24, verse 14. And this gospel of the kingdom shall be preached in all the world. 24, 21. For then shall be great tribulation such as not since, was not since the beginning of the world to this time. 24, 30. Then shall appear the sign of the Son of Man in heaven, and then shall all the tribes of the earth mourn, and they shall see the Son of Man coming, and the, all the tribes of the earth mourn. And he shall send his angels with a great sound of a trumpet, and they shall gather together his elect, from the four winds, from one end of heaven to the other. So this is not a localized Mideastern war, this nation against nation, kingdom against kingdom. It is nation against nation, kingdom against kingdom. In one of the older Jewish writings, which uh, uh, the rabbinical scholar Arnold Fruchtenbaum borrowed for the title of his book, it says, If ye shall see kingdoms rising against each other in turn, then give heed and note. The footsteps of the Messiah. The footsteps of the Messiah. It's almost like we can hear his footsteps. I'm telling you, he may not come for 100, 200 years, but I'm telling you, things are falling in place, it seems to me, in my limited understanding. But the scriptures were clear. World War I, World War II, nations against uh, nation. We find Israel benefited from both. From World War I, Israel started the Zionist movement. World War II, they became a nation afterwards. Verse 7, there also is going to be famines. Following the World War I, there was a great, the Chinese famine of 1920, the Great Russian famine of 1921. There is going to be, but how about today, Pastor? How about today? Well, an article from March 13th of this year, I asked, typed in, are there food shortages? The answer was this, yes, right now, there is a global food crisis, the largest one in modern history. So we've got famines covered. Even right now, how about the next one is, and I know everybody's got an answer for this one, is it earthquakes is next? Mm, pestilence, pestilence is first. Do you remember after World War I, the Spanish flu, over 21 million people killed pestilences, and that's drawn up to the day. 6,939,347 deaths attributed to what? COVID. I'm not saying they're all, I'm just I'm not going to start on down that road. But that's a pestilence today. Pastor Ball, just last Sunday, had half his church nearly out with COVID. 15, I think, 15 to 20 people out last week. It's something we're all be dealing with. So do we have pestilences? Check. Do we have famines? Check. Earthquakes? Check. We've got earthquakes. My goodness, Iceland is dealing a state of emergency because of earthquakes right now because of the volcanic activity. From time of Christ, the first thousand years, we had five in a thousand years, five registered earthquakes. In the 19th century, they had 2,119. In the 20th century, over 900,000 registered earthquakes. And in Iceland right now, they had one place had over 1,424 hours just this past week. 
So, pastor, what are you saying? I'm saying. For nation shall rise against nation and kingdom against kingdom. World War I, World War II. There shall be famines starting after World War I. We've had it. We have it now. Pestilences, World War I. We have it now. Earthquakes, World War I. We've got plethora of them now. I'm telling you. He says in verse 8, all these are the beginning of sorrows. This time of the, of the end of our age as it is now, that word means travail. It's like birth pangs. Now, you know, I'm sorry, ladies, women understand who have given birth that there's a lot of pains, and sometimes they'll have the Braxton Hicks contractions. That they're not really in labor. But then they start labor. Now, I think my wife, if I'm not mistaken, did you ever go into labor with Ian? He wouldn't come out. So at 10 nearly 10 months, 10 months in there, the doctor said, we're taking him. And so he came out, and he was 10 pounds something. I'm like, wasn't he? 10, 6 when he came out. But he never dropped down into the canal to, give, to come out. And so there are these birth pains and, and, and contractions, and then there's the time of the birth, the most terrible time, and then voila, the child comes out and all the pain's forgotten. From what I understand, I've never done that. Men, by the way, cannot have children. Can we just say that? Men cannot have children. And, we need, and by the way, all the people who have different ideologies are not really the enemy. They're the mission field. The enemy is Satan, who has such a stronghold. The stronghold. The enemy is not individuals. As much as you may disagree with them, and must. By the way, only by the grace of God, there go you and I. There go you and I, only by the grace of God. You've heard the gospel. Praise the Lord. You've heard the gospel. I trust you've heard the gospel. If not, you're hearing it today. He died for you, and you need to receive him as personal Savior. That is the gospel. So we have the lady, and she's had struggled, maybe some pre-labor pains. Now she's in labor. I picture the labor as the tribulation period. The labor's right on. The birth is about to come. And then, boom, out comes a child, and we have the millennial reign of Christ. Because we're waiting for that, all the struggle and the pain and the turmoil. That's it, the travail. The world's going to be in travail as the Jewish people have their 70th week of Daniel and they're going to go through all this punishment and finally they're going to receive Christ as Savior. 144,000 men serving the Lord as Jews and, and they're going to turn to Christ and there's going to be great revival and the huge persecution. And when it's done, Christ comes back and Israel says as a whole, not every single one, I don't think, you are the Messiah. You asked an Orthodox Jew today, where's the Messiah? We're waiting for him. And most of them are agnostic atheists, from what I understand. There's over a three to four million, I guess probably three to five, seven million here in America, the second largest population of Jews in the world, clearly. Shall we turn, please? Ezekiel, that was our introduction. Ezekiel chapter 38. So there we are. Ezekiel 38. Now take the jacket off. Please don't worry if you're visiting. We, we're, I, I stopped by five after. I don't, I, maybe one time in 11 years have I gone past five after and like the 10 after. So you can rest assured that I will, as much, even I'll just, as Mr. Lauderdale has been so famously said, I'll unhook the wagon and we will close it up. Ezekiel 38. These guys that get to preach an hour and a half, I'll tell you. Whew, man. If you've never pre preached before, it's hard. When you've got a lot you want to say, it's hard to tone it down, to, to tone it down and, to, and to squelch it into, into 30, 35 minutes. But there we go. Ezekiel. 
If you're looking for Ezekiel, like I'm doing right now, go to Psalms and go to the right, about five or six books, you'll find it there, Ezekiel 38. Just a summary of what this is. At a future point, and I don't think very much distant future, Israel will be, feel themselves safe in the land. And they will have, have, have taken the waste areas and irrigated it. And Israel has, and they have wealth, a very wealthy country. And they will be raising crops. And they'll be doing, and they'll be thriving. And they will think that they have it all under control. And their safety in the land. There's going to be a huge horde. Um, literally going to be a huge horde led by Russia, Iran, and Turkey. And probably Libya, Ethiopia, Sudan. And they're all going to coalesce and come together. And they're going to invade this little... If you've got your little map out there, you can hardly even see Israel. It's got that little J over it. By the way, if you look straight up from there, it's got an M for Moscow. If you have straight north of Jerusalem is Moscow, Russia. You can see, you can hardly even... It's the size of New Jersey. It's 290 miles long, about 68 miles wide, 98, 68 miles wide. Lived there for some time in the past. New Jersey, that is, not Israel. But Israel about the same size. And that's the center of the... It's not just the center of Middle East. It's not just the center of the earth. It's not just the center of our solar system. It's the center, I believe, of the entire universe. Jerusalem is the number one city of, in the universe because if God has claimed it, his, that's his children's place. Anybody else are usurpers? Anybody else? Do you know, that, do you know that today that an Israelite cannot pray on the Temple Mount? today the people whose temple mount it is where solomon built his temple where Zerubbabel built the temple there that's where they can no longer even worship right now but times are going to change ezekiel 38 verse 1 and the word of the lord came unto me saying son of man set thy face against gog and the land of magog the chief prince of mishik and tubal tuval and prophesy against him I should not have listened to the guy pronounce all the Hebrew words yesterday. And said, Thus saith the Lord God, Behold, I am against thee, O Gog, the chief prince of Meshach and Tubal, and I will turn thee back, and I will put hooks in thy jaws, and I will bring thee forth. And all thine army and horses and horsemen, all of them clothed with all sorts of armor, even a great company with bucklers and shields, all of them handling swords, Persia, which is now Iran, Ethiopia, Libya, or Put, with them, all of them with shield and helmet, Gomer and all his bands in the house of Togarma, possibly Germany, of the northern quarters, and all his bands and many people with thee, be thou prepared. He's telling the bad guy, I was calling that, the bad guys, be thou prepared and prepare for, the, prepare for thyself, thou and all thy company that are assembled unto thee, and be thou a guard unto them. Switches gears. After many days, thou shalt be visited in the latter years. Are we in the latter years? I think from clearly from Matthew 24, we're there. Thou shalt come into the land that is brought back from the sword and gathered out of many people. Israel, you'll come back. Against the mountains of Israel, which have been always waste, but is brought forth out of the nations, and they shall dwell safely, all of them. So Israel's back in the land. 
the bad guys are preparing to come. Verse 9, And they shall ascend and come like a storm, and thou shalt be like a cloud to cover the land, thou and all thy bands, and many people with thee. Thus saith the Lord God, it shall also come to pass, at the same time shall things come into thy mind, and thou shalt think an evil thought, and thou shalt say, this is uh, Vladimir Meter Putin, or someone similar, I will go up to the land of unwalled villages. I will go to them that are at rest. They dwell safely, all the dwelling without walls and having their, neither bars nor gates. And I will take a spoil. I will take a prey to turn thine enemy. The, the Dead Sea's worth, I was at four billion, eight, a, a huge amount. The Dead Sea's worth a huge amount of money now. That, that are now inhabited. And upon the people that are gathered out of the nations, which have gotten cattle and goods and dwell in the midst of the land, I'm, I'm, we're going to get some things in there. Why? Because the people of Russia, even the leaders in the economic, are, they are, I read an article that they are at any moment expecting the Russian economy right now to collapse. Right now. So how can you build up your economy? Go rob somebody else. Get all their stuff. Do you think Russia has a problem with invading other countries? I think not. By the way, if we were close enough, and it wasn't like frozen north up there in Alaska, you need to think biblically. Sheba and Dedan and the merchants of Tarshish, now here's where we might fit in with all the young lions thereof, shall say unto thee, Art thou come to take a spoil? Hast thou gathered thy company to take a prey, to carry away silver and gold, to take away cattle and goods, to take a great spoil? But they won't do anything. They will talk a big talk, but they will not come to the aid of Israel. Will just sort of blow some wind your way and say, oh, it's a bad thing. But they will not partner with them at this point in time. Therefore, son of man... Why did he say son of man over and over? Because, and notice, it's, it's not the son of man. It's son of man. Just to let you know, God is God, and he, Ezekiel's not. This comes from God, not from Ezekiel. Oh, son of man, prophesy. And to say unto Gog, Thus saith the Lord God, In that day when my people of Israel dwell in safety, shalt thou not know it? And thou shalt come from thy place out of the north parts, thou and many people with thee, all them riding upon horses, a great company, and a mighty army. But pastor, how could that even happen? I just looked yesterday, 1.3 million horses in Russia, 530 or 65,000 horses in the Ukraine, and other countries around. The horse, I read a, a little article that said that it's still a staple of the outside of the, the urban areas in Russia today. The horse is still one of the stable parts of the economy today. If that isn't good enough for you, God said it's going to happen. So whether Pastor Tim agrees or not, doesn't make a hoot of a difference. The Bible says they're coming on horses. A mighty army. And thou shalt come up against my people of Israel as a cloud to cover the land. And it shall be in the latter days, which I think we're there, I will bring thee against my land, that the heathen may know me. When I shall be sanctified in thee, O Gog, before their eyes. You know, by the way, Israel knows this is happening. Israel reads the Bible, Old Testament especially. They know that Russia's coming. It's clear. The world, if you just look up and see the Word of God, tells us they're coming. I'm telling you, if you just look up and see Christ died for you. I've been listening to this week. For what earthly reason 
Will the Father send down His Son? And of course, I was that reason. That what earthly reason? That was I've got three keys there. But that's, that's why He came. He came for you. He came for me. And it boggles my mind that He would love me so much because I know what a reprobate sinner I am. But He died for me. All these things He did for us. Well, back in our text here, we find then that this is going to be, a, Israel has been regathered. You can see it clearly, Deuteronomy chapter 4, 27. Uh, in our text there in 30, uh, 38 of Ezekiel, verse 8. But if you turn back over to 36 of Ezekiel 25, 36, 25, and then I will sprinkle clean water upon you and you shall be clean from all your filthiness and from all your idols. Will I cleanse you? A new heart will I give you and a new spirit and I will put within you and I will take away the stony heart out of your flesh and I will give you a heart of flesh. Listen, if you've turned against God, He wants to take your heart too and not make it so much of a stony heart, but a heart that's willing to be molded and to be used by God for His glory. If you're a child of God, you need to be serving you need to be going to a local church and serving however God has called you. We all, all can't do the same thing, but there's all something that we can do. Pray. Send cards. Send emails. If you're a social media person, do it the right But encourage one another. And tell your friends. Tell your co-workers about Christ. What He's done for you. And when somebody asks you a question, then go for it. Somebody asked me a question, I'm going to just jump on with both feet. Well, now the Bible's, and that's how you start it. I remember Bob Shelton would come to Berean, who passed away in 2021, 20, if you remember Bob Shelton. By the way, those are his outlines you've got there in your hand, except for the colored one. Uh, he would say, well, Pastor Tim, the Bible says. And that is, but Pastor, you said it before. I know, I'm keep tarping on that until I go home to be with glory. The Bible says you've got to use this. The wages of sin is death. Because what you say and what I say individually doesn't matter. A hill of beans. But what God has said, God said he's going to give Israel a heart of flesh. Do you have a stony heart this morning? Is it turned against God? Are you, are you angry at God? Now remember, the same person that you're getting ready to lambast is the same one who has given you life, wakes you up in the morning, keeps your widowmaker thing from not collapsing and you going the eternity in a moment's time. He's the one that gives you able to even hear, to see. I was watching Antonio Bocelli sing of the Lord's Prayer. Blind, what a, what a voice. And he sings, he never even, he doesn't know, and he's using what talent? Fanny Crosby, 9,000. Blessed assurance, Jesus is mine. So when you look at people who have, oh, Helen Keller, people who are so disabled for many reasons and they are serving the Lord, what about you and I? Well, Pastor, I've got so, I, 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 I'm, I'm, we should get over the I problem. It's when we live for others. Jesus, others, and yourself way down here. That's really where the joy comes from. It's, it's more blessed to give than receive. It is. Not just your financial ways. Israel's back in the land. They're back in unbelief. 
But God has told them they will one day be uh, back in belief and trust. 37 of Ezekiel, the, bones are, the dry bones are going to get resurrected. Thank you, Mr. Womack, for sending me the dry bones, dry bones this week. I enjoyed listening to that. It must have been about the 50s or 60s. Oh, them bones, them bones, them dry. And they go, to every, every, every little phrase is the next key up. Zoom, zoom, zoom. If you should listen to it, it's quite, I mean, quite traumatic for me to try to get those change keys like that all the time. Well, I'm going to get started. This is not to make us irresponsible. This is to make us responsible. If you're visiting today, perhaps the first time you've been in church in a coon's age. Uh, maybe uh, Charlie's telling me he killed a coon this week, raccoon. Perhaps it's been a long time. Perhaps you go to another church, and thank you for being with us today. Perhaps you're going to go back to your, that state, whatever church you're already in, serve the Lord there. But if it's something like, on the, if you're on the periphery, the, the, out, the outer edges, it's like uh, I, when we were, I had partial season tickets to the Jersey hockey team, and we were the top row. We were the, Carl and I were the top row. Uh, and I tell you what, you can see everything there, but you can hardly see the, you can't even see the people's numbers that way. I learned I could tell the people by how they skated. I didn't even see the numbers because I'd been there, watched them so much. That's the periphery. I'm not down there by the, behind the glass where the, you know, people crash in there and hit the puck. It wasn't there. I think a lot of us, majority of Christians today are on the periphery. They have no hands on the oars. They're riding along and they're playing, oh, I'm going to heaven, but I've got so many things I want to do down here. Get rid of the junk. Lay it aside. I'm telling you, look, our redemption draweth nigh. And if you're not ready to go to be with him, would you get ready today? Behold, now is the accepted time. If he comes back today in the rapture of the church, which is the next event, it's not prophetically driven, the rapture of the church, when he comes back for those who are right with him, who know Christ as Savior, the bride, when he comes back, after that, I personally believe, if you've heard the gospel, which all of us have today, no chance for you. You're going to believe a strong delusion. But, but how could, the devil's quite effective at giving a delusion today. I have one word for you, Islam. You talk about delusion. Let's pray together in closing. Heads are bowed, eyes are closed. Lord, I am a, a, in need of your help today. We all are. Lord, the message is clear from your word. The, these things are going to happen. You have outlined enough for us to understand that we need to be ready. The signs of our times, as songwriter says, I'm not sure who wrote that, are everywhere. We are to lift up our heads. Our redemption, Lord, draw us nigh. We, should, we don't even need to look for the sight anymore. We should be listening for the sounds of the trumpet. Yet so many of us live in complacency. We don't read our Bibles. We don't pray. We go to church if it's convenient. We never ever tell another person what Christ has done for them. We're just sort of on the periphery. We're on the top seat of the stadium. And we're just sort of watching things and not really getting involved. Lord, we are to be involved. Onward, Christian soldiers. Lord, if there's one person this morning that has never received Christ as Savior, and you have spoken, Holy Spirit, to their heart. May today be the day of salvation for them. And Lord, if there are Christians who need to be baptized, who, who need to walk closer to the Lord, who, who need to get involved, Lord, please speak in their hearts, my heart as well. It's, it starts with me. Lord, may you be sensitive to your spirit. May you give us a heart of flesh 
that is so sensitive to what you want for us. In Jesus' name I pray these things. Amen.